It's time for episode 100 of the Clockwise Podcast from Relay FM, recorded Thursday, August 20th, 2015. Clockwise, four people, four touchy feely topics, 30 minutes. Welcome back to Clockwise, the tech podcast where it is very stressful to be a guest co host. Uh, I'm your guest co host, Stephen Hackett, and across <laughs> the Atlantic Ocean from me is Mr. Mike Hurley. Hello, Mr. Stephen Hackett. We have taken over today, Clockwise, because it is episode 100. And of course, we have the only guests that we could really want Glenn Fleischman. No, it's <laughs> Jason Snell. Hello, Jason Snell. Hello, Mike Hurley. How are you? I'm doing, I'm doing well. This is weird. It's, it is weird. And to, to my left, even though they are sitting in the same room, it's very confusing, is uh, Mr. Dan Morin. Hi, Stephen. I hope you're not too stressed out. It's a very sweaty. Hosting <laughs> clockwise is easy. What are you talking about? <laughs> We've done 100 of these. Sorry, 99. We've done 99. <laughs> we'll never do 100. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is the only reason we're doing this, is to take that number away Welcome to you. the last episode. <laughs> of so this is a special episode for a couple of reasons. It is not only episode 100. It is also Relay Birthday Week, and your usual hosts are in the same room together <gasps> in Spokane. What, Dan? What are you doing reason. here? I've got to go. So what are you guys doing there? We're uh, we're at Worldcon. We're at Worldcon, the World Science Fiction Convention, where we will be doing a lot of podcasting and performing the incomparable Radio Theater Live on Saturday. That's not stressful at all. <laughs> <laughs> so to celebrate our lovingly different episode today, we have four topics that are a little bit different to the usual mm-hmm. topic that you hear on Clockwise. And I would like to go first today. So here is my first question for the three of you. Uh, we all create podcasts, but the three of you, also write. Which medium do you prefer and why? Or what are the things that really stand out for each? This is a very interesting topic, Mr. Hurley. Um, I would say I like them both, but I like them both for different things. One of the things I really like about podcasting is that you can talk and um, uh, your words come out at the speed of your voice, <laughs> whereas when you're writing, it can be uh, much more drawn out. Um it, it, yeah, it's a much harder experience than 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 speaking. Um, however, you do get a chance to consider and to come up with clever turns of phrases that pass you by where you think, you know, a minute into your podcast rant, you think, oh, man, that was a really funny joke I could have told a minute ago. And in writing, you can put the joke in later. So I... I I like them both. Um, one of the things that I, I really love about doing podcasting now is that I can communicate more about different things in a week's work than I could possibly do if I was a writer. Like if I was a writer, I, you know, I could write a certain number of words a week and that would be it. And, and I, you know, talking on a podcast, you can cover a lot more ground. So I think that's one of the things I really like about it. I also feel like, you know, our personalities come through in a different way when you're hearing our voice than when you're just reading our words on a page or on a screen. So, um, I like them both. Yeah. I, 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 Jason, I agree with, with what you said, but I, I would, I would counter that the pros for writing, um, outweigh the pros of podcasting for me, which I know seems, seems strange, uh, as someone who co-founded a network, but, uh, should have started a writing network. I know. Uh, like like a magazine or something, but um, <laughs> no, I, I like the 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 time to think and the time uh, that that writing often gives you to to really you know explore things and and uh, be able to think more slowly than than with podcasting. I very often people who listen to me will know uh, get ahead of myself during sentences and ideas and run into awkward pauses and like right now really. <laughs> so uh, writing I can avoid all that so that I. Um, 
but I love both. It's like it's like choosing between your kids, really. Maybe you like one a little more than the other, but you both. Um, I think you guys are all, all right about that. I think the biggest thing for podcasting with me is that writing is a very solitary affair. Usually you're kind of doing it in a vacuum by yourself and you know, you might spend some time on the internet. You might talk to somebody about like, oh, I'm stuck on this thing, whatever, but I find 90% of the time or more, it's just me sitting there typing into a computer. And so what I like about podcasts is that it's a great opportunity to bounce ideas off each other. And I think of things that I wouldn't otherwise think of because somebody says something that challenges a point right there and then. So, you know, if I'm writing a piece, I might make a supposition and be like, oh, everybody hates iPads or something like that. And I can just write it there and not really think about it until eventually the commenters come along or like, I love iPads. But right now, you know, if I said everybody hates iPads, Jason would look at me and go say, what are you crazy? And I have to reevaluate. Not everybody hates iPads. (laughs) I could just reach right across the table and like punch you too. Yeah, so that, and that would that. be immediate. That's direct feedback. Um, but I, I agree with all the other things you said. I actually, unlike Stephen, I really like just kind of talking out of my, let's say, someplace I shouldn't be talking out of. I know I edit the podcast, yeah, Dan. Yeah, yeah. So that's fun for me because I feel like I can also, you know, say things that are just sort of a spur of the moment. Whereas I feel like I spend so much time crafting writing stuff that it, it loses some of that spontaneity to it. But I do love writing is the the thing that I, you know, love doing the most is the thing I've been doing for most of my life. Um, and so to be able to to do that regularly is is certainly a pleasure. Uh, but it is definitely a, a solidly different medium. So interestingly, like I don't write at all. And basically all of the things that you guys said about the things that you don't like about writing and you like about podcasts are the exact reasons that I don't write. Like I find it difficult to put my thoughts out into a perfected way. Like when we're doing this, I can be loose and conversational and talking to people help tease out my ideas and my thoughts. And also it doesn't matter if I like stumble over myself or take like 10 minutes to get to the eventual answer in podcasting, I feel anyway. But when you're writing, if you're taking like 10 paragraphs to get to the eventual point. People don't like that so much if it doesn't really mean anything in the middle, which is basically what I've just done for the last 10 seconds to explain <laughs> this point here. So at that point, thank you everyone for your answers and I will move on to Mr. Jason Snell. What do you have for us? Well, we're talking, uh, this is uh, almost two years of Clockwise and obviously it's a year of uh, Relay and in the past year, uh, all four of us are not doing the jobs that we were doing a year ago. So I thought I would ask to each of you, what's the thing that's most surprised you about the last year um, in terms of uh, where you were, think of yourself a year ago today and where you are now? Stephen? Uh, I think for me, it's just the uh, unbelievable opportunities that, that Relay has had to, to grow and to bring bring shows like Clockwise on. You know, when we, when we set out, we had a, just a handful of shows and uh, Mike was on all of them, and uh, in a year time, you look at our roster, and it's just some amazing names and some amazing shows uh, that are happening, and and that all just happened, and you know, it wasn't necessarily we went out and and chased a bunch of stuff down, but people came knocking, and um, so that that for me, just looking over that roster of of the great people we get to work with every day is just it's humbling uh, all the time to to be able to work with you know, shows like Mac Power Users or people like Merlin or John Syracuse or, you know, those guys that used to be at Macworld. Um, it's just, uh, it's just really amazing to see that. So that's, that's the biggest thing for me, I think. I, you know, it's been a big year for me. And so I think that, you know, unlike many of you, I did not leave my job by choice. Um, so, oh. it, <laughs> well, no, and, and, but, but that said, I think that that, 
it was something that it would have been, I know how much you guys have both talked about the struggles that you had, like getting to the point where realizing you wanted to leave your job, but like all the things you had to do before you could. Uh, and I think that would have been really hard for me because in some ways working at Macworld was like my dream job. And so trying to, realizing that maybe I wasn't as happy there um, because of just the way things were going uh, and that I wanted to do other things, but it would have been really hard to sort of separate myself from that that comfortable, right, safety net. Uh, and I think because I didn't have that choice, like as an option, like that choice was sort of made for me, in some ways it was good because it forced me into a path uh, that I wouldn't have otherwise probably gone down. And it's really been a great year for me in terms of becoming an independent writer uh, and an independent podcaster and doing all these things that I really enjoy and being able to make a living at them. Um, and so between those and, you know, other developments in my life, I now have an agent for my novel, which is fantastic. And that was something I don't think I could have done if I didn't have this amount of time to devote to working on that. Um, and so being able to have that, that opportunity, uh, to sort of take stock of my life and reevaluate what I wanted to be doing, I think was actually kind of a, it was like one of those, you know, Trojan horses or something like it, it, it felt like it was a really bad thing at the time, but then it worked out great for Troy, right? I'm remembering that story right right <laughs> what i like about this actually is just having this conversation and i think that this is the most surprising thing is whilst all the things that we said are all amazing and all the things that have happened to relay are fantastic the fact that the four of us can sit around and talk like this is the most surprising thing to me this year that so many of my friends have given up their jobs in the last 12 months willingly or unwillingly <laughs> i was just about to say many of them because they wanted to some because they had to uh but everybody has decided that they are able to and are able to go alone and i think that that is fantastic and it makes me very happy and uh, I appreciate your answers. All I will say to wrap it up is that, you know, a year ago I had been in the uh, auspices of Macworld for my, uh, you know, for most of my career. And uh, the thing that I was not sure of whether was whether I could go out on my own and be my own person without that brand around me. And with uh, whether it was podcasting about technology uh, with my own show, which I didn't have before with uh, with Upgrade. I just, you know, I shared the space here with Clockwise, but it's a little bit different to, to do that and with uh, with Mike on Upgrade and uh, and to do Six Colors as well. And, uh, you know, I, so I would say the thing that has surprised me and it's a very positive thing is that people have been very nice and supportive and have liked, uh, apparently the stuff that I've written and the stuff that we podcast about on upgrade too, plus being able to continue doing clockwise, which I was quite honestly worried about a year ago. And IDG graciously let us walk away with the show. So thanks to them for letting uh, we walked away with it. <laughs> we took it. We ran. I and would we also ran. like to personally thank IDG for allowing <laughs> yep. that to happen. Yep. Thank you to, uh, to, thanks, to Pete Longo and John Galant for letting us walk away with it that is two topics down jason so i think it's half time and this week's mm. half time of clockwise is brought to you by slackline let me tell you about slackline i think you guys are going to love this so many of us use slack these days to get our work done it's a great tool we can collaborate with people we have a great slack team at relay fm but what if you wanted to talk to people that are outside of your own slack team but you don't want to leave the app that you love so much. This is where Slackline comes in. Slackline is a little piece of magic that allows you to connect different Slack teams together by creating shared channels. Slack helps so many of us move away from email these days, and Slackline can help take that one step further by allowing people to communicate no matter what Slack team they're a part of. So let's just say that you work in a company and you're partnering with an external design agency on a project that you're working together, a web design project, and you're in completely different locations, like you're on other sides of the country even, 
you, you need to work together to get your work done every day. Currently, everyone would have to leave the comfy walls of their own Slack teams and use something like email or some crazy old corporate IM or something like that. So what ends up happening is people talk less and no one can collaborate on the project as they want to. But this is where Slack line comes in. It lets you create shared channels that bridge multiple Slack teams and lets everyone stay connected no matter where they work, no matter what team they're a part of. Slack line can also be great for helping create and manage large communities or social groups that can span multiple companies companies, organizations, or teams. It makes collaboration easy. You can talk to everyone you need, everyone you want from the team that you're using daily. Once you create a shared channel, just invite other teams to join and start working together in Slack. No longer will you have to wade through any emails because Slackline is here to help. Slackline have a bunch of great pricing plans to help fit the size of your business and are also offering a 30-day money-back guarantee so you can try out Slackline risk-free. And as a special offer for listeners to this show, Slackline are offering 25% off your first month. Just go to slackline, S-L-A-C-K-L-I-N-E dot I-O slash Clockwise to find out more and get started. Thank you so much to Slackline for supporting episode 100 of Clockwise. So with with all these changes we've been talking about, uh, all four of us are working from home at least at least part of the time, if not all of the time. And uh, I was wondering what you guys found were the hardest things about that. You know, I'm new to this. I've been doing it about you know two or three weeks and still figuring it out. Um, how's it been for you guys getting used to that? Well, it has not been an adjustment for me because I had the position of working right. from home for 10 years now. <laughs> uh, so I've adjusted to a lot of those things. But it is interesting to watch <laughs> other people that I know going through that change and remembering back to like how that was a big deal for me. Um, and I, I think of all the things that's that's the most difficult to deal with, and, and 10 years in, this still comes up, is that it's just, it's very solitary sometimes. And I think, you know, to refer back to our pre, one of our previous topics, I think one of the things that's great about podcasts is that it forces me to have some socialization during the day, right? Like, because it's great to be able to chat on a Slack channel or on IM or iMessage with other people, but it's a little bit different than actually talking to people. And sure, it's not necessarily in person, but a podcast, at least like, there are days you can go and just not hear the sound of another person's voice for a long time. Uh, speaking for myself, since I live by myself, I know many of you, you know, have your, your families around and stuff like that part of the day. But uh, I definitely have had days where it's like five o'clock. I'm like, oh, my God, I haven't spoken to anybody today. Um, so dealing with that sort of solitude and especially not having like a team uh, or coworkers to talk to a lot, you know, in person, I think is has been the hardest adjustment for me in the last 10 years. And though I've gotten, you know, fairly used to it, it's still uh, every once in a while, you still get those days where it's like, oh, man, I just love to like stand around the water cooler and talk about this TV show from last night. Couldn't agree with you more, Dan. Like it's one of the the things for me is that not only do I not really see those people anymore, but I have a real struggle setting a schedule for myself and I can end up getting too distracted and caught up in a big project that I'm working on and then don't leave the house for six days. And that can be an issue because I don't notice it until the sixth day. And I'm like, <laughs> oh, this is horrible. Uh, so I am changing that. Like, for example, this week I have worked away from home in my co-working space three days out of the four. So that's really great. I'm just trying to take advantage of that where I can um, and just trying to make sure that I'm much more firm with myself about in the days that I can taking my laptop and going somewhere else to work. So I'm fortunate in that I've got 
uh, you know, three other people who will, who live with me. So I have human interaction just with my wife and my children. Um, and I do try to, you know, go out and walk around the neighborhood and, and, uh, things like that. But I would say the, since this question was the hardest thing about getting used to working from home, I would say summer vacation has been the hardest thing because it turns out I was really good at getting in a rhythm with the kids going out the door in the morning and going to school. And during spring break, it was bad, but during summer vacation, it became very difficult because there was less structure because the kids maybe have camps or, or not. Maybe they were just hanging around the house all day and it was distracting. So what I'm saying is my daughter went back to school and my son goes back to school next week. And although I will miss them in the middle of the day, (laughs) I am happy that they are going away because I need my focus during the day. And it's hard to focus when there's somebody uh, playing Xbox about, you know, five feet away from me. Yeah. I've, uh, the kid thing is big for me too. I've got, my kids are younger than yours, Jason. They are six, five and one. So yeah. So for me, it's that, it's that finding that balance of if I'm working at home, when do I go and intervene when the kids are, you know, destroying the house and my wife is outnumbered and when do I let it, let it go. And so I can sit and focus and and get work done. So sort of that give and take of, of when am I at work, even though it's just, you know, down the hall and, and when is it okay to break away from work and, and go interact and still get everything done and respect what I need to do to make a living. So that balance is, is I'm finding it tricky with little kids at, at this moment, at least. Uh, I think it's my turn for a topic. Um, it is then. Okay. So I, I'm not used to being in this number four spot here. Um, so we've talked a lot about the changes that have happened this year and about what's been tricky or interesting about adjusting to those. So my question is more of a prognostication question is now that you've sort of, we've all done this year of like, well, we can do this on our own. Um, we've established ourselves and found a new sort of calling or what have you. I'm curious to know what you guys see going forward. You know, as you look forward to the next year when we reconvene for episode 150 or whatever, <laughs> um, what what kind of stuff do you are your goals or what are you looking forward to doing in the next year now that you've sort of taken that first step? So I want to do much more of the same at the previous year because we had a really great year. Um, as I mentioned just a moment ago, like I want to continue to try and get myself into a, a real proper schedule and balance my time more uh, amongst things that are good from a business perspective, but also things that I enjoy um, because I never want to lose the enjoyment from my work because it's one of the reasons I chose to do what I do. So I want to make sure that I continue to enjoy it and try new things because that will help like stretch and expand my skills and keep me like really interested and engaged in what I do. And also maybe try and discover some new people to work with in some description, whether that's like directly or indirectly, because I really love working with the people that I already do. And I'm always on the lookout for, for more cool and interesting people to to spend working time with. I'll say I want to push myself creatively. So like we were working on this uh, radio theater series to come out uh, this fall. And I did that uh, David Letterman episode of the incomparable earlier this year. I'd like to try to continue to do some things that are not the stuff that I usually do and push myself there creatively, whether it's something like, uh, you know, writing a, 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 an ebook or doing a video series, uh, finally getting, you know, getting my novel rewritten. I mean, there's lots of things like that that I've got on my list. So I think I would say 
my, you know, my, my list is to continue pushing myself to do some new and different things and not setting into a rut. And then, uh, beyond that, I would love to find a way because I've heard from people in the last year, I'd love to find a way to let people who enjoy what I do support me directly. And I'm not exactly sure how I'm going to go about doing that ultimately, but I'd like to have that be a part of the equation. So it's not all from our lovely sponsors who are friends and we love them, but that, uh, some people want to support what we do directly. And I want to, I want to work on that a little bit too. Jason, my, my sort of thoughts and goals for the next year are, are very similar to yours. I want to branch out, uh, and do some, some different types of projects. So I've, uh, I did a book in the past and I'd like to do, uh, another sort of big project like that. Um, I would really, would really like to get around to documenting my ever growing collection of Apple stuff and like get it up on the site. Um, and, uh, you know, let, let that be shared with people. Uh, I think that'd be a lot of fun to get done. And, uh, and I would like to, to look at the, the income thing and, and, you know, are there different ways to diversify that and to make it, uh, you know, more flexible if something happens in, in one area that other areas can, can pick up the slack. So, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to, to all that. There's nothing on that list that is particularly, uh, worrisome or, like stressful. I just need to, to work it in and figure out how to, how to go about it. You know, it's all, it's all stuff that I get to choose to do now, which is, is really for me, at least the novelty of that is, is pretty great right now. Yeah. I, I agree with a lot of what you guys have said. Um, for me, there are two sort of primary things going into the next year. One is sustainability, which is just the idea of like, all right, I've done this for a year. It's great. looks like it's working pretty well. I want to set myself up to make sure that this is like a repeatable thing, not a, not a fluke, right? Like I, I can keep doing this for a long time because I really enjoy it. Uh, I just want to make sure that I, you know, I'm organized well enough and have got all my sort of ducks in a row so that I can, I can keep the, the, you know, doing all the things that I enjoy doing and doing the things that, that bring me some income. Um, and then, and diversification, as you guys, I think, all said, like being able to stretch ourselves. I'm, I'm looking, you know, especially as I mentioned my book earlier, I'm looking to get sort of beyond just like tech journalism, which is something that I really love doing, but I would love for it to be a portion of what I'm doing and not everything I'm doing. Um, I'm really, I really love doing podcasts. I would actually like to do more or find more diverse versions of podcasts, something beyond maybe just technology to talk about, because I think that could be incredibly fun. Um, and just being able to have all those different options, like Steven said, so that like, you know, you're never putting all your eggs in one basket, sort of, you're, you have a lot of different, a lot of different pies cooking away in the oven. So I'm, I'm really looking forward to the next year and I'm really optimistic that it's going to be a great one. I think it is time for another break. We do have a bonus question this week, but we do have a sponsor that we'd like to thank first. And I would like to throw this over to the one and only Mr. Jason Snell, who is a guest, but there is a very good reason. Well, this is very unusual. Uh, host for the guests to be forced to read the the, the uh, sponsor breaks on clockwise, but uh, I don't worry, you will be paid. I for guess it, I'll yes. allow it. Uh, the uh, bonus question this week on clockwise is brought to you by our friends at MailRoute. If you imagine a world without spam, viruses, or bounced email, that world can become a reality. You just have to use MailRoute. Open your email. You'll only see legitimate mail that you want and need to receive. All the other stuff has never reached you because it's been stopped by MailRoute. MailRoute, it lives in the cloud. You don't have to install any hardware or software yourself. MailRoute sits between your server and the internet. It receives your mail. It filters out all the junk and delivers only the good stuff to your mail server and then to your mailbox that you check 
every day. Uh, it's easy to set up. It's reliable, trusted by large universities and corporations. Desktop users will find a super simple user interface. It's easy to go through. You can get a little report that tells you what you uh, what got filtered out. I like to read that because it's fun to see what the uh, latest fashions in uh, spam messages are. Uh, if you're an email administrator or IT professional, they've got all of the tools that you want. They've got an API for account management. They support LDAP, Active Directory, TLS, mailbagging. Oh, Jason, did you say mailbagging? I did say mailbagging. Oh, mailbagging. Mailbagging. Uh, outbound relay, everything you want from the people who are handling your mail. So to remove spam for your life for good, go to mailroute.net slash clockwise for a free trial and 10% off for the lifetime of your account. Thank you to Mailroute for sponsoring the bonus question in Clockwise, episode 100, this strange, strange episode that we're doing now. The bonus question this week is all about mailbagging. No, it's not really. <laughs> uh, Dan and Jason are podcasting on location this week, and I would like to know... What is everyone's dream podcasting location? Of course, guys, I will exclude your current uh, situation that you're in because I can't imagine it being any better than you know for either of you than to be in the same room together. So any other uh, location than Spokane? <laughs> um, I, I feel like we get close to it when The Incomparable does our episodes from a beer garden somewhere because really I think the ideal podcast is you're sitting outside on a warm day, everybody's got beer, and there are microphones. And then just the magic happens then. And I don't know if, if it's usable and I don't know if anyone wants to hear it, but it's pretty nice. Beyond that, I would say I'm going to look for the beach cast. I think uh, sitting on the beach in Hawaii or something like that, uh, everybody's got a, a lounge chair and a microphone and then there's a podcast. And again, I don't know what it would be about i don't care what it would be about i think it would be great i really uh i really dislike the beach and dislike almost everything about it so i would say uh someplace outdoors you know maybe i can see see some mountains you know it's it's cool outside a little breezy of course it would sound terrible because of the wind but uh the idea of just being out in the open you know very often you're podcasting like i'm in a room where the lights are on a motion sensor so it's completely dark now except for a lamp because i haven't moved in (laughs) 30 however many minutes it's been uh so someplace open and airy where i can have a nice view and uh, just be uh, breathing fresh air as i as i ramble on in a podcast seems seems really attractive right now i am shocked shocked i tell you that neither jason nor steven picked space <laughs> <laughs> definitely need to podcast from space guys jeez no one come can on. hear you podcast uh, in space that's true <laughs> i mean don't go don't go outdoors steven stay inside it's safer there i think it would be really cool to do it in some like a super unique location for some reason the first thing that popped into my head when this question when i saw this question was the top of the eiffel tower <laughs> also would sound terrible but i think wow. it would be just coming to you live from the top of the eiffel tower i just think it would be awesome So for me, anywhere that's not hot, right? Because podcasting when it's hot is the worst. (laughs) It shouldn't have fans on. So just a cool area. Uh, But yeah, I'm going to go all touchy-feely. I did say it's a touchy-feely episode. For me, it is wherever my hosts, uh, my co-hosts are, is where I like to be. Because when we record in person, it is a special experience and I like it very much. And we'll be together uh, again in a couple of weeks' time at XOXO, some of us. Um, So I'm very much looking forward to doing some stuff there because that's what I really love. I love to be with the people that that I care about and we record shows together and we have a good time. Because sometimes when you record in person with someone and uh, you get the giggles and uh, it's terrible audio, but it's a lot of fun. So I think that has about brought us to the end of this very Mm. special episode of Clockwise. Um, I would like to take a moment to thank our lovely guests this week and your usual co-hosts, Mr. Jason Snell and Mr. Dan Moran. Thank you so much for joining us today, guys. Thanks for taking on the hosting duties, Mike. 
Yeah, thanks. Absolute pleasure. I will now state for the record that I am without a doubt the reigning champion Ooh. of Clockwise Guests. Because I've also co-hosted like three times as well. That's pretty so good. I'm, I'm nearly at the point where I can get the end correctly. <laughs> That's yet to be seen, Mike. We'll see. Yet to be seen. We'll see. Thank you all for joining us today and listening to this very special episode of Clockwise. Again, congratulations to Jason and Dan for reaching episode 100. But for now, I will say, watch what you say. And keep watching the clock. Goodbye, everybody. Bye. Bye.